Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael Cox teaches on raised expectations. Oh, goodness. I'm excited about today, even though I have such limited time. So I don't, I'm not excited about that part, but we're going to rock and roll, and it's going to be fun. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, is that a proper way to say that? A couple of Wednesday nights ago, um, we were in here at a time of prayer and a time of worship. If you don't come on Wednesday nights, you really should. People that come on Wednesday nights, well, I probably, yeah, you probably shouldn't come then. Hey? So it's a great, intimate time of prayer and worship and study. I love it. This, this I don't know if we call it semesters. I don't know what. But this next season, let's just go with season, you know, everything comes in seasons. But this season, until um, summer, we really are highlighting folks in this body that have the gift of teaching. And so I'm so excited to hear different people teach. So the schedule is jam-packed, and we're going to, I think we're wrapping that up. And once we get it done, we'll post that so you'll know when different people are speaking, and make sure you're here to hear them. It's going to be fun. But we're in a time of worship and prayer. And um, now, I had a thought in my mind, okay? And I saw a picture in my mind. Now, I could walk up here and say, a couple of Wednesday nights ago, the Lord spoke to me, all right? And I'm just trying to demystify some things for you. And so I had a thought, and I saw a picture. Now, I can interpret that and tell you that the Lord spoke to me because uh, he says, my sheep know my voice, right? And so that's how he speaks to me. Give me a thought that I know is from him. Show me a picture. And so I can just as easily say the Lord spoke to me, but I want to tell it to you this way so that you know that a lot more times than you realize he's speaking to you, right? Because I don't want to build a body of people that think God only speaks to me. He speaks to you, right? And, and, and sometimes we, we like to be the guy he speaks to, so we say it in sensational ways to where everybody thinks it's a bar that they can't attain to. Right? I had a thought and I saw a picture. Can everybody here have a thought? Okay. Can everybody see a picture? Red dog? See it? All right. So if I can say red dog, God can say slam dunk competition, all the judges holding up tens. That's what God told me, right? All of a sudden, I had a thought that 2020 is going to be a year where God is going to match whatever level of expectation that we will increase to. So, you know, I like to watch slam dunk competitions. When I was younger, we used to watch the Olympics at my house. And so we would see, you know, people finish a somersault routine. That's probably not... uh, uh, Somersault's just part of the routine. (laughs) You know, a floor exercise. Okay, look, look, look. See, y'all just laugh. I'm going to just blow your mind. An an even bar routine, a floor dance routine, a rings routine, a parallel bar, a horse thingy jumper machine thingy, a balancing beam. All right. 
<laughs> That's enough of that. But you see these competitions and they hold up, you know, the scores. And we all know that everyone is trying to get a 10. Because 10, you cannot expect more than a 10. And I watch dunk competitions, which are not nearly as critical in their judging, right? They just hold up a piece of paper if they like to dunk, whatever. But no one expects to get a 20 because it's based on a scale of 10. But 2020, I believe, is 20 out of 20. We can receive double what we formerly thought was possible. If we will raise our expectation to double what we used to expect. I believe what God's intentions for us this year, and then I was, since then I was just seeing, I mean it's not rocket science, but every year following this, it's just going to grow. All right? And so you can have 20 out of 20, but next year we need to be having expectations of 21, 22, 23. We need to continue to let our expectations increase because the increase of his government shall know no end. He's always expanding in his increase. So if we've got the same expectations that we had 10 years ago, then we are not expanding with him. We should be growing and increasing with him. And so there's this 20 out of 20, and if we will raise our level of expectation, he's going to meet it. But if we stay in a 10, the best we can hope for is 10 out of 10. Some people say, man, you don't have to do all that, blah, blah, blah. Hey, I'm okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay with that. But I would much rather see someone. I'm not okay with it for myself. But I'd much rather... Get people's hopes up, make them raise their level of expectation, and if they only get an 11, that's better than if they were expecting a 10. Right? If they get a 15 or a 16 or a 17, if they see something come in their life that they never expected before, then I'll be happy about the job I did of raising the level of expectation. Well, man, you lay out this thing way up here, and my goodness, what if God doesn't do it? What if he does? What if he does? And I don't base my expectation on my level of experience anyways. I base my expectation on who God is. And he is increasing. And he says he'll be far above more than I could ask, think, or even imagine. So if I had a 10 expectation, he lives in the realm over the 10. So if we keep tapping out at 10, then we're not getting into him. You didn't like that. If we we keep stopping at 10, not only are we saying, well, man, you know, I don't have to grow. You're not even tapping into him. He, He don't even start till 10. We're getting to 10 somehow by man's ways. They were getting to 10... The Pharisees were getting to 10 based on a man-made system. And they could say, hey, I'm a 10, I'm a 10, I'm a 10. Well, whoopee, you're a 10 in your own system. 
You're a legend in your own mind. You're the best dunker on a seven-foot goal I've ever seen. Right? We love it. We love to set the scale sometimes and coast through as the best. We, uh, I got basketball on the brain because we're in tournament now, and I'm coaching two of my sons and some of y'all sons. And uh, one of my sons, I'm not coaching. We watch him, Nehemiah. So we've got games all the time. We had three, four games yesterday. And uh, I was talking to a team. I won't tell you what school they're from. It was a different league, different school. And this team, only two teams beat my 14U team this year. One of them had an illegal player. And one of them, after we get done uh, almost beating them, at the end of the game, they said, man, you played us better than anybody this year. And two of the boys that were their best players were standing there. And I said, man, these guys are amazing. You know, how come they don't play on the school? And um, I don't remember what they said about that reason. They said, yeah, we just didn't have enough people to play this year, so these two guys had to play down a league. <laughs> I was like, okay. So they played down a league, right? Man, people of God, we should not be playing down a league. That is so crazy for us to play down a league. We should be playing up a league all the time because nothing's impossible for him. So we should be looking for the highest league there is and just jumping in it, right? Nobody should have more faith than us. Nobody should be believing for more than us. All these different levels of faith. I'm not even starting. I'm getting on a little tangent there. We build whole denominations and church beliefs on certain levels of expectation because if we acknowledge that a 15 is possible but we're not currently there that means somehow we're lacking and diminished so it's better if we just build our entire structure and we denounce anything over a 10 that way we look like we've got it all we would literally put our pride over the fullness of God being in our lives. And so we've totally built systems and structures and tables of measurement based on what makes us look best instead of what makes us be who he created us to be. And at the end of the day, what do we have? So we've got this 20 out of 20. I, I preached a sermon one time called Raise the Roof. And there's a woman in 2 Kings 4, and Elisha, the prophet, used to come by her house, a Shunammite woman, and she perceived that Elisha was a holy man. And so she invited Elisha to come and eat at her house and visit with them, and then Elisha would kept coming. Whenever he would come through, he would stop there. So she told her husband, let's build another room on top of our house for Elisha to stay in. And so the picture is literally because of her expectation and her perception of the kingdom of God, the anointing of God, the possibilities of God, they literally expanded their capacity to receive what they perceive. Right? And so some of us, I believe in 2020, yeah, 
Man, I get nervous saying that wrong. 2020, we've got to expand our capacity to be able to receive what he wants to do. You know, we come up with all these cool sayings for years, and what I'll say about every single year is, what is God going to do in this year special? He's going to do whatever you let him do this year special. He's going to do whatever you'll partner your faith with this year and believe him to do. He's going to do whatever part of his word that you'll lock in on and believe is true and stand on it. That's what he's going to do this year. He's not sitting around up in heaven being like, man, I'd really love to do this really cool thing, but I have to wait till 2023. Fervent prayers of righteous men and women avail much. What will you lock on to? What will you have expectation for? What will you bring your faith into alignment with? So he literally took the roof off of their house. You see in Mark 2, 1 through 12, the, the paralyzed man had some friends and they were trying to get the paralyzed man to Jesus and they couldn't get because there was such a large crowd. So what'd they do? They tore the roof off. And they lowered him down and the man got saved and healed. I just love, I just love sarcasm and I love it when Jesus kind of just does a little bit of it, you know? So the first thing he tells the man is your sins are forgiven and they got, the Pharisees got all upset and were like, how can you tell a man his sins are forgiven? He says, well, what would be easier? Tell him to get up off that mat and walk? Okay, get up off that mat and walk. <laughs> and the man gets up off that mat and walks. Jesus like, what was easier? I don't know. Right. <laughs> What's the problem? Right? I love it. And so, but they, they had to tear the roof off of something. You got to tear the roof. You got to raise your level of expectation. There is a ceiling that we have placed on ourselves of what we will believe God for. And people tell me all the time, charismatics and you spirit-filled bunch and especially you because you're a passionate one of that group. Y'all always are talking about more, 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 more. Don't y'all ever get tired of more? I was telling somebody the other day, the greatest rest of my life comes from the fact that there's more. Because when I come to the end of myself and where I'm at right now, I can lay my head down knowing that there's going to be more. His mercies are new every day. And so tomorrow when I wake up, there's going to be more to be discovered and more to be explored of him. And that's the greatest place of rest. It's not a labor. It's not a trial. It's not a burden. It's a gift. Matter of fact, in Luke chapter 19, 13 through 24, we see the parable of the mina. I'm just going to paraphrase a lot of stuff today because there's a whole lot of stuff and I know my time, so I'm not going to read all of it. There's a parable of a mina, okay? A master goes out and he finds 10 slaves and he gives each one a mina. All right? And he tells them, I'm going away, and when, I want you to steward this mina, and when I get back, 
I'll receive it back to myself. The first guy, he takes his mana, he invests it, and he receives 10 mana back. So when the master comes back, he says, hey, your mana gained 10 mana. And he says, you're going to be ruler over 10 cities. Then the next guy, he says, hey, your mana made five mana. He says, you're going to be ruler over five cities. The next guy says, I was afraid because you're an exacting man and you reap what you did not sow and you are harsh and you take what doesn't belong to you. And so I hid it and I wanted to make sure I had it to give back to you. And the master says, I'll judge you by your own words. Since that's your perception of me and how you interpret me, then I'll use that standard of judgments to judge your actions. If you really thought that was me, you should have been out there hustling. You should have been the one that got 20 mana, right? But since you feel that way, then your sin is greater than their sin because you actually thought that and did nothing. And so we see he has nothing. They take even the one mana from him, give it to the guy that has 10 mana. But here's the different perceptions of people when we talk about more. When I talk about raise your level of expectation for 2020, there's probably two different camps in this room of how you receive that word. Some of you receive it like this slave that did not want to invest the money because he assumed God. Let's just go ahead and put God there because that's what the parable is talking about. Let's assume they think that God is exacting that, so the very opportunity for more is harsh treatment because it's going to cost them so much. And so when we think about raising a level of expectation, some of you immediately can't get past, he's trying to put a yoke on me that I'm supposed to do more in 2020. He's telling me I'm not doing enough. He's telling me I don't have enough faith. He's telling me it's going to take more of my time. It's going to take this, it's going to take this, it's going to take this. You've already went through the process in your mind, and that's why we reject more, because we always look at what God wants to get to us as God wanting to get, take something from us, and we're resistant to that because we've judged him wrongly. We've judged him as a harsh master who takes what he doesn't earn when we could never give him enough to repay him for what he deserves. So nowhere in the equation of God could he ever take more from you than what he is due him. But he gives. And some of you would embrace that and say, man, I am... I'm receiving that. Dude, if there's a 20 to be had, a 20 out of 20, I want the 20 out of 20 because when someone speaks about the things of God, it rises up a faith inside of me and I understand that it's always an invitation from God to go deeper with Him, receive more from Him, discover more of who He is. Some people receive it like that. It's like some people take His Word. Some people look through His Word and say, man... This is such a restrictive document. This thing is so limiting. I don't ever like to read it because it so limits my life. As soon as I pick it up, God will take me to a passage and tell me to stop doing something that I love doing. Right? 
And so I just try to stay away from it. This is all orphan mindsets, right? Orphan mindsets. If there's a gift, there's got to be a string attached, right? If there's a promise, it's probably not going to come to pass. If there's, a, if there's love that's expressed, it's probably because they want something in return. It's orphan mindsets, but people that are hungry and can see God rightly see his word and they're like, oh my goodness, are you, are you kidding me? Man, I read chapter four last week and I had to pinch myself to believe it's real. Are you literally telling me chapter five goes even further? There's actually a deeper place of fulfillment in that area of my life if I'll shut my mouth on that. Oh my goodness. This is too good to be true. I can't believe all that you're telling me is take that little mana and be faithful with it. That seems so unfair, God. Everybody sees it unfair one way or the other. You're being cheated, or you think God is just not enough. But either way you see it, there's more. Look at Hebrews. We're going to go through Hebrews chapter 11 real quick. <clears throat> I was just remembering the last time that I spoke when my time was limited, and I realized that Johanna asked me when I got done why I didn't say something I told her I was going to say. That was a really good point. And I said, because when my time's limited, I start scrambling, trying to get it all in, and then I forget everything about what I was going to say. And so I'm kind of feeling that way today. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Yeah. I just want to, we're not going to read this whole passage, but I've just highlighted for me going down through here, and you guys don't have to follow along on the computer, but just the action that's attached to faith. Sometimes we talk about faith like it's just this real passive, neutral, hope-so thought process, you know? I've got hopey, faithy, wishy, you know. What's that song? Hoping and wishing and whatever. Sometimes that's what we think our faith is, right? I'm, I got, I got faith, God, which means I've got this partial little bit of me that wants to believe it could happen, right? But look what happens. Hebrews chapter 11 is kind of the hall of faith of um, people from the Bible that did great things by faith. But I, just, I was just captured by what faith does. Like in, like in chapter 3, faith empowers us to see. Verse 4, faith moved Abel to choose. 
Verse 5, faith lifted Enoch. Verse 6, and without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. Look at verse 7. Faith opened Noah's heart. Verse 8. Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. So he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. Abraham stepped out in faith. Faith motivated Abraham. Faith lifted Enoch. Faith moved Abel to choose. Faith empowers us to see. Verse 11, Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power. Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power. Verse 13, these heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised to them, but they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. And I love this. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belonged to another realm. Isaac Bean had a dream this week. I love that. It's like Joe 2.28. Our young men will have visions and your old men will dream dreams. I guess you're an old man, Isaac. Jennifer sent it to our staff the next morning, and Isaac, oh, I hope I don't botch it, but Isaac saw us having, was it having church, Isaac? See in here? Was it having church? Wait, where did you just point? I don't see him. Isaac, oh, he's in the restroom. They're all pointing. All right, what a terrible time to call somebody out. How's it going, Isaac? So we were having church. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's never coming out of there. <laughs> if he can hear me. I mean, how many people have the bathroom in the sanctuary anyways? I mean, you know, it's bound to come up every now and then. Hey, there he is. Oh my gosh. He's not going to play basketball for me next week. He's going to withhold, <laughs> pay me back. Anyways, we're having church, and we're like out of space, outer space, right? And so there's no gravity. And he said I was doing like somersaults and flips and jumping over people, just having fun. I love that I was having fun, number one. But I love, number two, that we were like people from a different hemisphere where gravity had no restraints on us. I believe it was a prophetic dream, a prophetic dream for 2020 that if we'll raise our level of anticipation and expectation, we can live in a realm that we've never even encountered before. 
It's like gravity doesn't even exist. It's like all the laws of physics and laws of nature and all the things that are attached to us from mom and dad and, and in-laws and outlaws and all our history and all the things that say you're wired this way, you're constructed this way, you're always going to be this way, you're always going to do it this way. No, we're going to walk in new realms. We're not going to be defined by past. We're not going to be defined by brokenness. We're not going to be defined by situations and circumstances that have hindered us, but we're going to walk into a new level of expectation. We're going to walk into a new level of manifestation. As our expectation increases, God is going to raise his level of manifestation. He's looking for people who will start asking for a new level. He's looking for people who will quit saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I got a 10, I got a 10. I'm the tallest pygmy. I got the best dunk on a seven-foot go. I always play down. Quit over all that stuff. Quit acing all the tests that you write yourself. Quit giving yourself pats on the back and say, I want to compare myself against you. And then realize that's impossible, so we humble ourselves and say, but you know what? It's not a yoke. It's not a burden. It's not heavy. All I got to do is let the one I'm trying to be like be like himself through me and inside of me. It's a very easy thing to do. It's a yielded place. They live their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm. Look on down, verse 16, but they couldn't turn back. For their hearts were fixed on what was far greater. That is the heavenly realm. If we'll raise our level of expectation and fix our hearts on a new place, we'll never be able to go back. Some of us are scared to death of that. What if I, what if I raise my level of expectation and I'm disappointed? What if I begin to start believing God for more and then I'm disappointed? How do I go back to a 10? How do I ever find fulfillment again? God's not going to disappoint you. God's not going to disappoint you. They can't turn back for they were fixed on what was far greater. Look at verse 17. Faith operated powerfully in Abraham. Faith operated powerfully in Abraham. I love this, verse 19. Abraham's faith made it logical to him that God could raise Isaac from the dead, and symbolically, that's exactly what happened. Verse 20, the power of faith prompted Isaac. Verse 21, Jacob worshipped in faith's reality. We say that one again. Jacob worshipped in faith's reality. In faith's reality. Verse 22, faith inspired Joseph and opened his eyes to see into the future. Verse 23, faith prompted the parents of Moses at his birth to hide him for three months. Verse 24, faith enabled Moses to choose God's will. Verse 27, holding faith's promise, Moses abandoned Egypt and had no fear of Pharaoh's rage because he persisted in faith as if he had seen God who is unseen. Verse 28, 
Sometimes we get all twerp about this. Faith stirred Moses to perform. Now it goes on to say the rite of Passover, but just look at that first part. Faith stirred Moses to perform. Perform in excellence. Not perform on a stage, but perform. The point I'm getting at is all throughout Hebrews 11, all these great heroes of the faith, faith was such an action, such a powerful thing that did mighty works in their life. It empowered him. It stirred him to reform. Verse 29, faith opened the way for the Hebrews to cross the Red Sea as if on dry land. Verse 30, faith pulled down Jericho's walls. Verse 31, faith provided a way of escape for Rahab the prostitute. Verse 32, we'll start there. And what more could I say to convince you? For there's not enough time to tell you of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophet. Through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established true justice. Their faith fastened onto their promises and pulled them into reality. Their faith fastened onto promises and pulled them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouth of the lions. Put the power, uh, put out the power of the raging fire, and caused many to escape certain death by the sword. In their weakness, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. Faith-filled women saw their dead children raised in resurrection power. What I'm saying is all we need is faith. All we need to see 20 out of 20 is faith. Faith does the work. Faith will lock on to the promises. Faith will lock on to the elevated expectations. Faith will pull those things into the realm of your life. But you have to have faith. Faith will pull warriors, an army from another realm into our battle to fight. Second yes. Corinthians 3.18 says we'll go from one brighter level of glory to another. From glory to glory to glory. When have we tapped out? When are we done? Yeah. When are we finished increasing? In Philippians chapter 3, we see Paul, and I'm going to close with this. Paul says, it's true that, in verse 4, I once relied on all that I had become. I was a 10 out of 10, I'll paraphrase. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others, for my pedigree was impeccable. I once relied on all that had become. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments. Skip down to verse 7. Yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them. And I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know him 
meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. Verse 12, I admit I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. Look, Paul had to make a massive shift here, okay? He had a standing that said he was over the level of expectation. He was a 10 out of 10. He had to decide if he would rather be a 10 out of 10 on a skewed skewed scale or whether he'd like to be an 11 out of 20 on God's scale. Because he went from having enough to boast in excess, right? Because it says more than others. I had reason to boast more than others. That means when he compared himself with others, he excelled them, right? But then here, man, once I let through that scale away, now I'm lacking. Because I have not yet attained what I want to attain, the fullness. So he went from having more than enough to lacking in fulfillment. But an 11 in, in the things of God is better than a 10 out of 10 in the things of man. So he went to lacking, but he had his mindset on the promise. See, we don't want to we don't want to change the skill because we're afraid we'll be lacking. But we have to embrace the lacking with our mindset on the fulfillment, realizing that any part of the process of fulfillment is better than thinking we've arrived on the wrong scale. Another basketball highlight in my 12U team, we lost one, got one game by one point. Guess who scored that point? Somebody on my team. Scored that point for the other team. Shot it on the wrong goal. So would you rather have one point on the right go <laughs> or 10 points on the wrong go. Those are negative points, right? And Paul realized that the higher he went on man's scale literally was taking him further down in fulfillment with God. So he had to throw it as trash. If we're using the wrong scale, I had this picture this week. I literally, some people will be, now we're going to football, okay? We're leaving basketball, we're going to football. Some people will be your best blockers 
You're running, looking like the Heisman. Y'all got it in you, right? I tried to play basketball with my boys this week. I don't have it in me. But you look like the Heisman. You're running, and you're like, man, this is easy. I feel like it should be harder. I feel like this should be harder. And you start to realize when you're almost to the goal line that the guys who are blocking for you that are like knocking people out of the way are wearing a different jersey than you. Right? And you see somebody with the same jersey as you coming to tackle you. Somebody with the opposite jersey knocks them out so you can go on into the end zone. And you're like, whoa, doing your dance. Right? And you just scored on the wrong goal. And the people who you thought were your best friends were really the adversaries of your soul blocking for you to make sure you score. The adversary of your soul, I prompt people will be like, you'll never believe this. I got this amazing opportunity. <laughs> it's going to cause me to miss church. It's going to cause me to not spend time with my family. It's going to really kind of Caused me to lose everything that I feel like God's called me to. Isn't that amazing? Just came out of nowhere. I'd be a fool not to take that. It didn't just come out of nowhere. It was especially crafted for you. And it came just in at the right time where you were having an issue, you were having a problem, you were having a little financial difficulty where God was going to show himself strong on your behalf if you would just hold on with faith. But the enemy's going to come in right before that. And he's going to give you another little path forward. And we'll score! I scored! What do I win? A poopy trophy. <laughs> he says, I count it all as poopy. That's all you get. Brings a whole new meaning to kissing the trophy, huh? Some of us got these poopy trophies up on our shelf at our house. Some of us drive our poopy trophies. Some of us wear our poopy trophies. <laughs> I'm not against having amazing stuff. Unless you sell out for it. You guys can stand up with me this morning. What I'm trying to say is if you'll raise your level of expectation you'll see an increase of your level of experience. But what that raised level of expectation is going to look like and this is where some of you will really check out 
I thought you said it wasn't about getting stuff from us and making us do stuff. Expectation gives way to action. So if we do see a new standard, ah, let's go to one more sport and I'm done. I just remember watching gymnastics when I was a kid. And when they come down to like their last routine, okay, and they, need, they tell them what score they need to win. One thing I never saw is I never saw someone do a routine. Diving is another good one that I used to watch. I never saw one do a dive that had a level of difficulty higher than what they needed just to win. Because if they failed, they lose. So why would someone go to a higher level of difficulty when they don't need to? They need to nail and do more excellent on a lower level to secure the win. But I'm telling you, playing that game, all you win is a poopy trophy. <laughs> but you predetermine before you even start, what kind of effort you're going to put in based on how much effort you need to meet the expected goal. So if all you needed to hit was a 10 in 2020, how would you live? Maybe just like I lived in 2019. I mean, it wasn't a bad year. I'm probably batting the 9 in there. No big deal. But if somebody raised his there and said, hey, we're going for 20 in 2020, what would you do different? How would you double it? How would you, what would double the expectation look like in your life? And how would you double it and not be begrudging about it? It'd have to be a miracle of God by faith that you got a glimpse of something that genuinely compelled you forward by faith like they saw in Hebrews 11 that caused you to never waver and not doubt that God was going to meet you at the 20 and you knew you weren't going to lose you knew you weren't going to come up shorthanded you knew he was going to meet you at every step of your path as you raise your level of expectation which raises your level of surrender and sacrifice, sowing and giving and living and pouring out, whatever it looks like. How many areas of your life that are untapped, you've compartmentalized them? See, y'all just think we're just talking about, oh, we'll do this more, do this more, do this more. No. How about the areas of your life, if you only let God meddle in 10 of them last year, how about you let him get in 20 of them this year? Yeah. How about we bring God into some more decisions this year? If we want to see him move in more areas of our life. How about we just invite him in? Yeah. Prayer team, if you come. I know we've prayed and people have prayed and all that good stuff, but there still may be more.
So let's pray as we go today. If you want prayer, you can come up to the prayer team, but all of us in our seats, can we just pray together before we go? God, we thank you for 2020. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your whisper. We thank you for your pictures. We thank you for Isaac's dream. We thank you for what you're speaking to us to raise our level of expectation. We thank you that we're not bound by man's system, man's scales, man's laws, man's rules. We're not bound by all those things. We're like people from Hebrews 11. We live like people who are from another realm. And our standards are from another realm. Our expectations are from another realm. Our faith comes from another realm. Let our faith be active faith like faith in Hebrews 11. Let our faith empower. Let our faith prompt. Let our faith engage. Let our faith move. Let our faith compel. Let our faith propel us into all that you have for us in 2020. God, I pray that you would send dreams, visions, pictures, words. I pray that they would... They would, instead of just going forward, trying to, trying to be more submissive and more surrendered in 2020 and work and strive and work and strive, God, I pray that you would just let them see the 20 right now. Let them see the 20. Let them see the end and let them work back from the end to the beginning because we work back from the end every day. You have paid the price. You have won the victory. We're not working to approval. We're working from approval. And let us live this year as people who have grabbed onto by faith the end result, what you want to do, what you want to work in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces. And God, let us align ourselves with your promise. Let us align ourselves with your plan and what you've laid out for us this year. Give us radical faith. Give us radical vision. Give us radical expectation. God, would you align homes? God, would you speak to entire homes? Would you speak to moms and dads and sons and daughters? Will you speak the same thing? Would you confirm it in homes? I'm tired of dads chasing you over here and moms chasing you over here and sons and daughters thriving in youth. God, let us come together as families. God, I believe you want to double the manifestation in homes in 2020. Let us raise our level of expectation as family units to see your kingdom come, your will be done. Increase in every area. Increase in every area. I know it sounds corny, but double for your trouble. Double for your trouble. Got every person that's held on by faith and has walked through persecution and walked through trial and walked through lack and walked through testing and tempting and walked through. God, let this be a year of double for their trouble. Let this be a year where they see fulfillment come and increase come. In Jesus' name.
So be it, so be it, so be it. Before you go, John just said someone needs to give today. I know we've already gave. This isn't planned. Maybe God spoke it to her because he knew I wouldn't do it at the end of a sermon like this because I would never want to manipulate you. But John just said someone needs to give. Increase your level of giving today. It needs to be a response. I, I do remember Reinhard Bonnke who passed this year. Daniel Kalinda was his right-hand person and is now taking his ministry. And one time, God spoke to Reinhardt Monkey. He called Daniel Kalinda and he said, I want to meet tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. They had to fly from different places and meet and all this stuff. And Daniel Kalinda said, why in the world do we got to meet at 5 a.m.? Let's meet at 10 or whatever. And Reinhardt Monkey said, when God speaks, I want him to see me jump. If God's speaking to you today, I say jump. I say jump. So God, whoever you're speaking to, to increase giving, we just ask right now for faith. We ask for faith. We ask for an increase of faith, a faith that would compel, a faith that would give them confidence and boldness and security, security in who you are, security in what you say, security in your fulfillment and your provision. Lord, let us throw away the scale of man that finds our worth and our security by what's in our bank account and let us surrender today by faith to your word and to your promise. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life.